by the time you reach the result, it, not to sound morbid or anything, you're kind of gone. You're dead, right? Yeah. We're living for this in between. And that's what we live every day is, is that journey. Welcome to Hearts and Carts, the CPG podcast, the podcast about the people behind the products that are winning hearts and filling carts. This cast is for anyone with an interest in the world of consumer products. We're your hosts, Justin Osborne and Alex Hill, and our mission is to bring you weekly content that helps you be a better and more informed CPG professional. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Hearts and Carts. Today's episode is a really exciting one with a a local to me BC brand. And I'm sure that anyone listening today will feel that it was not wasted time. Alex, who do we have with us today? We are going to be meeting with Nishal Kumar, the CEO of No Days Wasted. No Days Wasted is a supplement brand that provides a solution to those who want to have a bit of alcohol to imbibe, but don't want to have the suffering associated with that and and effectively the lost time and lost days. So Nichelle has a lot of great insights. He's a bit of a serial entrepreneur. He's done a, a number of different interesting things and learned along the way. So Let's jump into the conversation with him and start learning. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Ratings and reviews go a very long way, so they are always very much appreciated. Definitely follow us on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, etc. And without uh, without anything left to add, let's get it. It's a beautiful Michelle, how are you? Hey guys. How goes it? How are we doing? Doing good, good, man. Justin, Alex, nice to meet you both. Nice to meet meet you as well. Thanks for taking the time, especially I'm sure this week, you know, getting back in the groove of things is probably busy for you. So really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, of course. No, uh, for us, I mean, January ends up being a little bit of a a slower month because we are just post holidays and we're more of a recovery type brand. So people are more or less, they have the resolutions they're implementing and things like that. So January is a good planning month. It's actually a good month to do a lot of, uh, a lot of things like podcasts or, or a lot of catch up work too. So. Yeah. And, and the good news is that most people don't keep up their, you know, their goals that after January. So when this airs in February, you'll probably be good to go. It'll be perfect time to, to, <laughs> to, have, to have this go out. There we go. There we go. Yeah, where where are you located? Are you in Vancouver downtown? Yeah, I'm in Vancouver. In Vancouver. Yeah. Okay. I used to live in Mount Pleasant, just moved out to the island. So um, Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And I uh, didn't what, know you guys were in in Canada. That's awesome. Yeah. Out here and then Alex. I'm on the other side here. And I I'm just outside of Toronto, Hamilton. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So I'm let's... actually down south in the States right now. So just in Palm Springs for a few days getting some sun. So Well, that sounds a little bit Very better. Nice. Here. It's <laughs> it's like ten degrees and raining and crazy windy. So you're not missing much up here. There you go. <laughs> you picked a good time, man. So let's let's introduce you and then you know we'll sort of walk through your story. I'm I'm really excited to hear about it. So on today's episode, we have Nishal Kumar, who is the CEO and founder of No Days Wasted. I became aware of this brand 
through a bunch of my buddies, actually one in particular, who I said I would shout out Shane cooks, who is literally obsessed with your product okay. uh, well, and, <laughs> and consumes it all the time and won't stop talking about it. He's a huge advocate for you. So I was just on LinkedIn and, and I saw you, you there and knew the product well and thought this is a guy that I'd love to have on the show. And especially when I you know looked through your profile and saw some of the interesting things you've done in the past and even the way in which you described some of your past roles is like, this is different and this is kind of cool. I, I like this. So reached out and, and you were gracious enough to, to jump on. So I think what we'd like to do first is maybe talk about your life prior to No Days Wasted and, and how you got to where you are now. And then we'll talk about the company and, and what it is you guys do. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. Well, appreciate it, Shane. Honestly, we wouldn't be here without you. So appreciate all our customers and community and and honestly, love the support. And that's a big part of what we do, bring the people together. And when I hear someone uses our products, it, it really makes me happy. Uh, but yeah, a little background about me from Vancouver, British Columbia, and I went to UBC, studied science, you know, was really on the path to wanting to become a doctor, studying chemistry and biology. At that time, I was a big fan of House, the show, like Dr. House. Mm, yeah. And that was one of the big shows out there. I honestly wasn't too big in TV, but that show just really, really intrigued me. And I wanted to solve those those puzzles. So he was a diagnostician and uh, and I found that really interesting. So that took me down the rabbit hole of science, learning about the why, essentially why things are the way they are. Uh, and and really, uh, that was the foundation. A couple of years in, I realized, hey, you know, I don't know if I really want to be a doctor. Uh, I feel like every first year science student goes in thinking, yeah. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. If you ask everyone around yeah. you, that's what everyone says. So ultimately, I realized my lifestyle, there's a lot more balance involved. When, you know, I've played basketball since a young age. I still keep that up to this day. I love socializing, hanging out with friends, meeting new people, learning something new every day and creating. So ultimately just evolved and, and my passion and interest changed a little bit. I wanted I ended up staying in science, but I wanted to do something not down the medical sort of route of things, but want to do something applied still. So I ended up getting a degree with in geophysics and commerce. And that was sort of the foundation for I guess a lot of the things I've done. So you know, my second last year in school, I, I picked up a job at Tesla, was one of the original eight employees of Tesla in Western Canada. We basically built out uh, a lot of the infrastructure from a sales and marketing perspective, educate a lot of people. And Tesla, you know, Vancouver has become the biggest yeah. uh, market of Tesla's, actually uh, most Tesla's per, per capita in the world, I believe, wow. or in North America. So it makes really sense awesome. when you're there. It's out of control how many there are. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Uh, every block. I mean, before, you know, when we launched, when we opened the first store on Robson Street in 2014, we were thrilled to see one, you know, thrilled to see a car on the road. Now you can't go one <laughs> block without seeing 10, right? So it's yeah. it's pretty wild to see how far the company has come. And, you know, the early and humble beginnings were such an awesome thing to be a part of, uh, you know, given the success as well. But yeah, from there, Tesla, I, I worked for Tesla for a couple of years and then ultimately I had this degree in geophysics and commerce and said, and I thought to myself, okay, well, let's put this degree to work. Let's, you know, work in geophysics as a geophysicist. And for those of you who don't know, geophysics is basically physics of the earth. So applications are from, you know, studying earthquakes to mineral exploration, to anything to do with the ground and inferring what's under the ground without actually digging. So I did that for, in the space of new, new building development and, and development projects in the lower mainland. And ultimately, um, well, within the first week there, 
with the money that I was making, I created this brand called EV Items. And mm -hmm. it was my first little, I guess you'd say first more formal side hustle. I created an e-commerce store and I created my first product, which was a coat hanger for the Tesla Model S. There was nowhere mm -hmm. to hang your suit jacket or dry cleaning. And yeah. uh, that was a problem I realized that the car had while I was working at Tesla. And in my last couple months while I was there and I had access to the cars, I was taking measurements. I was, I was yeah. finding the right spot. I was matching materials and colors and things like that and surveying some of the customers and people I was test driving to see, oh, okay, what would you pay for something like this? What does, you know, how important is this for you? So yeah, that ultimately, that sort of brute force project ended up evolving into a business and introduced me to the world of e-commerce and also, you know, developing products and, and designing products with no sort of prior history and experience doing that. Very cool. Yeah. And I, and I love the way that you described it, even on like your LinkedIn is like, where does someone that spends $100,000 plus on a car hang their jacket, right? There's nowhere to hang your jacket. You need that. <laughs> so, I just yeah. love that. so, so simple, but like, so true, right? Like, and that's just a great opportunity. You saw the need and, and built something. Yeah, totally. Honestly, with those LinkedIn descriptions, I was just so tired of all the fluff of like people <laughs> using buzzwords and things like that. I'm like, you know what, let's just do this straight to the point. No BS and and come in hot and and i think more of a candid approach than sugarcoating things so that's yeah. that's how i like to live i, I liked a few of them in there i, th I thought uh look and, and i was gonna ask like it seemed like you you had a bit of a an appetite for for getting into entrepreneurship even earlier than ev items right like steel rain systems all you wrote yeah. was we had no idea what we were doing mobile hardware solutions which brutally honest i appreciate how honest that was yeah. piques my curiosity <laughs> Well, doesn't mobile hardware solution still, that's a lot of buzz in there too. Like what could have been anything, right? We yeah. wanted to create a thin film speaker and even my co-founder that I was working with, you know, we were great friends, but we just didn't mesh very well in a working yeah. environment. And he wanted to do something else. And it, we incorporated a company, we did all these things. We actually did all, did all these things way too early. That was, that was the wild thing. Like we didn't even have a product or, or have a prototype or something really viable. And we incorporated a company. I was like, yeah. what is the, you yeah. know, what is the point? Let's, yeah. let's crawl before we walk and walk before we run here. So that gave me great insight into, you know, the order of operations and priorities, yeah. right? You know, there was a lot of people starting companies for the sake of, sake of starting companies and having that CEO title and, and the glory that comes with that. And really, I think at that point in my life, I thought that was cool. And I was caught up in that. Mm -hmm. And then I quickly learned like, and said, you know what, to myself, ultimately, you should solve a problem, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, um, the titles and stuff, those don't matter at all. And it all ultimately comes down to building your community, solving a problem for people, and and sharing that with the world, right? So totally. that's how it started. But yeah, and even on, sorry, even on the playground back in the day in school, like grade five, I was selling live strong bracelets on the playground, getting <laughs> yeah. them from the States for a dollar, selling them for $3. They had the, those baller bracelets and all those kinds of things, candy. Mm -hmm. So I kind of got an idea of like, okay, I could buy something for a certain dollar value and then sell it for a little bit more due to sort of, you know, access. Like I had access yeah. to it. Other people didn't. So that was kind of the foundation from a young age. And I fill up a whole jar full of loonies and toonies and for our american friends those are dollar and two dollar coins <laughs> and then i dump that all out i'm like oh wow i turned thirty dollars into you know ninety hundred dollars so i was yeah. pretty it's pretty cool to see you know roi and learning about margins and all that stuff from the age of 10 years old yeah you picked up a lot of these skills early on right that's like 
understanding supply and demand, selling skills, building a community, even and then as you got older, right? Website development, incorporating a business. So you picked up a lot of skills along the way, which is pretty cool and, and probably set you up for success here. So let's let's go into no days wasted. So, you know, where did the idea come from? What is it for anyone that hasn't tried the product? And then just walk us through the story of founding it and, and sort of the steps you took. Totally. Yeah. So no days wasted, just like brands and businesses I've started in the past, it started as a solving a problem for myself. So it was a personal science experiment for myself. A few years after graduating from university, I had left my job in geophysics. I was working on my Tesla parts business full time on EV items, scaled it up. It was automated. I had a lot, I had a little bit more time on my hands. I was looking for something else to do to fill some of my, my creative and working time. And ultimately I realized my sort of hangovers or the way I was feeling the day after having a few drinks it was, it was pretty rough and I wasn't even drinking very much. So, you know, to give some context, this is about no days wasted as a play on words for obviously drinking, you know, you don't want to be wasted and all that, but also feeling your best at all times and mm -hmm. maximizing life's moments. And ultimately no days wasted was a personal science experiment for myself to achieve a little bit more balance, to feel my, my best the next day, to understand what alcohol as a sort of a social lubricant in a, and something that we use or, or consume in society, what it's doing to us rather than pushing people to binge drink or anything of that sort. So it's a vitamin for when you drink. Essentially, it helps boost your body's natural response to alcohol hmm. by enhancing and improving the effectiveness of your liver enzymes. So those your two key liver enzymes that deal with alcohol and acetaldehyde pathway are ADH and ALDH. And essentially, they don't work super well. So essentially the product here, DHM Detox, is built on the backbone of this ingredient called DHM. DHM is a plant-based extract that's been used in Asia for centuries. It's a flavonoid. Mm -hmm. It has very powerful antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties, but also it acts as a cofactor to improve the effectiveness of those liver enzymes, ADH and ALDH. So essentially I, a really cool thing that led me to down this rabbit hole of research I have my background in science. I understood scientific papers and you know what their value was, controlled trials and whatnot. But UBC, the University of British Columbia, was one of the few universities that I that had this little glitch in their matrix that, as an alumnus, you could still access UBC library to its hmm. fullest extent. So you could access hmm. all of the scientific papers without paying for them. As someone who's graduated, usually that access gets cut off once you graduate in most schools. But and since you know, just a couple of years ago, they've changed that. So as an alumnus, you have to actually go go to yeah. UBC on their computers to, to check out the papers. But before you could do it, you know, 12 o'clock mm -hmm. at night, the comfort of your own, your own home. So I read 300 scientific papers searching for ingredients that made sense. How do we break down these toxins before we wake up the next day? How do we provide almost like a, a proactive preventative solution rather than trying to tackle the problem after the fact and when it's too late? came across DHM. We also have L-cysteine in there. We have milk thistle. We have prickly pear. We have a blend of B vitamins and, and some electrolytes. But ultimately, yeah, personal ex science experiment. And then hmm. it it worked out to be too good to be true. It worked for myself really well. Really, with the, the scientific papers, I, I went and I read everything. I'm like, well, this sounds too good to be true. I got to mm -hmm. try it. So I started ordering the raw materials. It was actually timed it perfectly with a Euro trip I went on with my best friend, we had studied science together, chemistry and biology together for seven years. And we went to Europe for 32 days, Europe and South Africa for a week. And my my bag, it was like a 40 liter backpack of socks, underwear, a couple tanks, 
a pair of shorts or two and then pill bottles, powders, supplements. <laughs> yeah. And, and at every border I crossed, they're like, what is in your bag? Yeah. They like pull me aside. I'm like, hey, these are my vitamins, man. It's like it's, you're not even just... trying, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I figure if you're not hiding it, if you're not hiding it, you know, you got nothing ultimately to hide. So <laughs> yeah, that is the ultimate trial run, though. I love that because I would imagine there's a lot of drinking while you're doing this. So that's the perfect trial run to really try it out. Make sure you're at your best. And that's an experience where, you know, to the tagline of the company, right? No days wasted. You want to enjoy every single day you're on that trip. So very cool. hundred percent. We did not waste a day. There were some days where we felt a little rough than other, more rough than others, because there was a lot of trial happening with mm-hmm. dosages of certain ingredients and whatnot. Yeah. But ultimately after getting back from the trip, it, it made a lot of sense. So I, I said, okay, let's, let's launch this product. I'm not really too sure how to brand it or really what any, any of that branding and marketing, or I understood marketing well enough from the, the context of Tesla and what I was doing there, but really to how to create a consumer product brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I was very green and very fresh. So we just launched it as DHM, DHM detox. And okay, let's take this key active ingredient, use it on our name. What's it doing? It's helping detoxify. And here we go. So that was, that was it. And that was the, I think that was 2017 and then launched a crowdfunding campaign in the uh, early summer of 2018 and worked with manufacturer and, and got that all done and ultimately got the, the campaign funded in, we did about $30,000 in 45 days, mm-hmm. learned a lot about Facebook ads at the time, overspent on some campaigns. You know, there's no such thing as set and forget. Even in those days, you have yeah. to know what you're doing content was king back then it's even more so in this day and age but it was a great great opportunity to to learn and and dive into something new awesome hey so one thing i just want to make sure we clarify for people you take this the day you're drinking not the day after right Uh, yeah so it's it's happening essentially these enzymes are present in your body and they're affected they're most effective when you have the substances in yeah. your body. So while drinking is the way to go. So take it after your first drink or two. Yeah. Um, and that's where it's most effective. So the next it's, day, it's way too late. Yeah. It's like most other hangover cures in the market are are like, you wake up, you know, the old like person who cracks an egg and puts a bunch of weird <laughs> stuff in a, in a cup and hands it to their friend. And I swear by this, like, this is totally. more proactive. hundred percent. And I mean, at that point, you're already suffering. So the, the goal is to avoid that whole feeling altogether that, and avoid that situation altogether. Most things for the day after, you know, all in the realm of like aspirin and caffeine. And yeah. that's going to, yeah, that's, too late. that's, yeah. that's tough on the body in its own ways, right? The caffeine will make you a little extra jittery and, and, and increase that anxiety, yeah. uh, so I would, I would avoid excessive caffeine the next day, especially if you haven't taken something, um, you know, haven't taken DHM detox. So, but yeah, night of make sure you mix in some water, get some sleep and that, that does the trick. It works quite well for most people, but really, you know, balance moderation, mix in your DHM detox. We also have a hydration replenisher, which is an electrolyte drink mix and that's mm. for the next day. So yeah. the 80% of the problem is, is the toxin. So that's what yeah. the purple packet's for. The 20% remaining is the hydration and replenishment. So that's where hydration replenisher comes in the next day as well. Awesome. Awesome. So you've, you've done the Kickstarter was a Kickstarter. Yeah, we actually got booted off Kickstarter within three days. So I had sent Kickstarter an email saying, Hey, we're launching this product. And can you clarify your policies? Cause they said, um, no, there was, there was some sort of gray area there in terms of what they were saying you were and weren't allowed. Yeah. And they, 
we got a human approval saying, hey, you, yeah, you'll be able to sell sell this and, and run this campaign. Within three days or I mean, two and a half days, they shut us down. We had raised $14,000 in two and a half days and they just, they wiped us out. So they suspended the campaign, kicked us off the platform and said, good luck. So we jumped over to Indiegogo right away. Right. Luckily, I'd built out most of the campaign on Indiegogo prematurely just yep. to test both. And then, yeah, so then it started after that, but it was a great lesson learned. Like really you get that hard, no, you know, the ax comes down on you and then you flip yeah. over and, and restart. So luckily we were, we probably lost about, you know, $10,000 I'd say, and Kickstarter gets more traffic. So maybe 10 to $15,000, we could have done an extra sales if we were on Kickstarter, but yeah. ultimately we accomplished our goal on Indiegogo. Awesome. And then from there, like what was, what was next step? So you, you've traveled Europe, you guys have, you know, basically formulated where'd you go from there yeah yeah so i had a lot of contacts that had built up in the industry because i was talking to different people ahead of time saying hey i think i'm going to start the supplement brand i don't really know so i got in touch with people that had been you know working with the regulatory bodies in in canada and the us for for years and you know got some guidance from them had them come in as as sort of strategic advisors uh, out of the gate so really bounced a lot of this off them, which was super helpful to, and then, yeah, we, we launched, we did sort of a, you know, had a co-packer, co-manufacturer relationship that really fired up in the summer of 2018, did our first production run, shipped out our crowdfunding orders, and then took a couple months to figure out our supply chain, where we wanted to manufacture ultimately, and identified the U.S. as being our key market, and then set up manufacturing down there and got all the kinks worked out yeah. really you know the, the crowdfunding campaign i think is very underrated and not as many people do it as they should because it allows you to prove a concept you learn yeah. all the challenges uh, that you would have learned in the first year of business in, in an accelerated timeline and also the expectation for the consumer is very different they're not anticipating that they're going to receive the product the next day they're doing a pre-order on your product and they'll get it when you're ready. As long as you keep the communication alive, nobody on the other end is upset. They're, yeah. you know, it's really great for setting expectations. Whereas brands that don't have their supply chain figured out and they launch right into e-commerce and don't really yeah. understand shipping orders, timelines, you know, potential delays, costs, et cetera, they kind of shoot themselves in the foot. So I recommend to anyone launching something that, can be put on a crowdfunding campaign like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, you yeah. do so. I know brands that are established have been in the market for four or five years and they launch new products through Kickstarter, um, even at that stage in the game. So yeah, but ultimately, uh, funny story, and I know you guys mentioned this as well, I actually got to meet someone really awesome in the summer of 2018. He was in in Vancouver a lot, Paul Bissonette, Biz Nasty, yeah. an awesome guy. He's he's a great friend of mine and and no days wasted. Uh, and you know, the co-host of the biggest hockey podcast in the world on NHL and TNT with Wayne Gretzky and yeah. an amazing panel and has really helped grow the game of hockey and put it on the map on a way and give it a voice that really it didn't have before. Right. Because mm -hmm. um, he's such a personable, real, genuine human being. But I got to meet him in, in the summer of 2018 in Vancouver and a friend of mine, their company Eagle Energy was doing a little bit of work with him. He had done this they sponsored this whole video series called Biz Now. He does BC where he's yeah. meeting with hockey players and they're like, you know, going to Smitty's for oysters with like Morgan Riley or whatever he was. And they sponsored it. And I gave him some product and he called me one 
the next day. I actually, I actually like chased him, not chased him down, but saw him <laughs> for a second time in at the gym. And I saw he was going down to the change room. So I ended my workout early to go talk to him. And we were in the change room. I gave him some extra product to take with him, exchange information. He called me a couple of days later and said, Hey man, I had a couple of drinks, took a couple of packets, felt amazing the next day. Let's do something. I'm jumping on this podcast. I said, yeah, sounds good. We're, we're going to be ready to launch properly in the next couple months. Let's stay in touch. So ultimately, he connected us with Barstool, got things going with Spit and Chicklets. And, you know, we started sponsoring the, their podcast and, and their efforts. It was like the winter of 2018. Awesome. 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 That's a great It was place very cool. Very organic, you know, really came in with no expectations. And it was one of those things that just, you know, you, you kind of click with someone, you're solving a problem yeah. that makes sense in their world. You know, I think I wasn't really trying to do a hard sell on anything. I knew probably the opportunity of getting to work together would have been great, yeah. but it just, it made a lot of sense. And, it, and it's a good partner. I think like the, the target market for spin and chicklets and barstool sports are a lot of people that would use your product, right? So the fit is there. It makes perfect sense. I think since we're, we're chatting, I guess, about kind of celebrities endorse the product. I know another one is, is Chase Claypool. NFL player, I think just got yep. traded to Chicago or just, yeah, just got traded to Chicago wide receiver from Abbotsford, BC. So how did that, I guess, BC connection, maybe how did that one come about? Yeah, that was another local BC connection. I was working with someone awesome that was, was helping. He was very well connected in the sports world and shout out to, to Ali. He was, he was connected with Chase's agents and, and their side of things. And Chase, we had sent some product over to him and he said, Hey, this, this looks pretty, pretty cool. I want to work with the BC business, a local business. And we thought oh. there was a great story there as well. We focus more on the hydration side of things. Obviously as an active athlete, you know, you're not going to be too, you're not going to be promoting that you're having some drinks during the season, even though most of them do, I'd say, but they, they keep it low key. Right. Uh, yeah. So we did his own, his own hydration flavor. We got together a couple of times, filmed some content, built a, you know, share the story of, of the collaboration. And that was pretty cool. Uh, for us, ultimately, you know, we aren't working with him anymore, but it was a great opportunity to get to know one another, learn about the partnership side of things as a small business yeah. and, you know, expectations from ROI, from an ROI point of view. And, you know, a lot of these big celebrity endorsements, you know, what boxes do you have to check for them to make sense for you as a, as a brand? And, and we learned a lot about that side of things. Yeah. And I guess like a big part of it's like for you, you mentioned ROI. It's like often sometimes you're you're gonna just have a fan and and it's awesome and it's cheap, but sometimes you're gonna need to to pay someone to partner too, right? If they're gonna put mm -hmm. their voice behind something and it's like what's the what's the right price tag and and how do you how do you, you know, obviously keep a good relationship and and enthusiasm, but also make it worth kind of everyone's while to do a partnership, right? That's one of the totally one of the tricky things with partner marketing always. One hundred percent. You started, I'm assuming, DTC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were all direct-to-consumer, our website, and yeah. then Amazon shortly after it in the States. Got it. And then, and then talk to us about, like, your journey. Like, you're in a lot of brick-and-mortar. Store locator doesn't show a lot of stores in Canada, but I imagine you might be in some as well. But to talk to us about that that journey, like that's a, I mean that's a that's a whole industry in its own own right in terms of navigating distribution in brick and mortar. So totally, I mean, you know, it's it's one thing these sales channels are wild because for a while e-commerce was you know was the play. You yeah. go all yeah. in on e-commerce. You say I don't need brick and mortar. I don't need retail. I want the lowest sort of call it friction channel, highest yeah. margin channel. Uh, the most direct, the most efficient channel. And that was e-commerce for the longest time. So we had done well. 
and the podcast uh, we work with tons of podcasts from you know we we're the first uh, sponsor of call her daddy oh, really? ever yeah. yeah which is really cool to kind of say because that podcast ultimately blew up to be one of the yeah. biggest things since sliced bread and you know alex is killing it with that show uh, but and that was through the barstool connection through through bids mm. ultimately uh, and then tested a bunch of other shows as well with some of the bigger comedians and that was our D2C strategy, you know, run podcast ad reads, get these hosts, get product in their hand, get them to love it and to speak about it. And that was pretty awesome for a while. We drove really great positive ROI on it, acquired customers, built email lists, was was able to scale up to, you know, a multi-million dollar brand in terms of revenue. And then COVID happened. We all had, you know, excuse my French, but shit kind of hit the fan for everyone for like four to six weeks. From yeah. a business point of view, there's all that panic. And then e-commerce took off again, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now what we've realized is that with customer acquisition, you know, I probably sound like a, a broken record, but customer acquisition being such a such a high cost online now with the privacy and security settings and iOS and this mm. and that, uh, you know, things are, are a lot tougher online to acquire new customers. So, and also at the same time, we were having a lot of our customers reach out and say, hey, I need a product last minute. Where are you in this city? Where are you here? Where are you there? Yeah. And we'd be like, oh, well, we're not in retail yet. Like, stay tuned. Yeah. But just in 2022, we made it a really big focus to jump into retail. And we started 2022 with zero retail stores. And now we're in 350 by wow. the end of 2022. So that was that was awesome. And we're scaling that up. We have a lot of new retail launches you know, slated for 2023. And then also working on some new markets. But our focus has been the US. And we have some awesome plans for Canada as well that I can't wait to share. But yeah, that'll be on, on the next segment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's that's awesome. And and the US is, I mean, I'm a proud Canadian and I love brands that support Canada, but the US is 10 times the size. So I get the focus and, and wanting to, to start there, right? I know you have a lot of stores in California. California yep. is the size of Canada, right? So totally. And and to your point even sort of amplify your your sentiment it's like 10 times the size in terms of population but also probably another 5x in terms of consumer sentiment so i'd yeah. say it's 50 50 times yeah. the market right yeah which is wild and you can pick a pocket you can say i want to go socal i want to go northeast i want to go texas or florida or wherever or chicago uh, and and really fail quickly and understand if this is actually worth your time to do whereas mm -hmm. in canada you're like oh i want to be an every big city in Canada. And well, that, how much area are you covering? That's yeah. insane. You know, how much, yeah. what's your marketing budget? What's your game plan? What are your unit economics? So those things are so critical to understand. And I mentioned this a lot when I talk to people about our strategy is, you know, we indirect, like indirectly at the beginning followed the Mark Anthony group strategy. Mark Anthony mm -hmm. group is, is they've done Palm Bay, they've done Mike's Hard Lemonade and they've done White Claw. And they do RTD alcoholic beverages, uh, and they always build their Canadian company. They're from the Okanagan. They own Mission Hill Winery and, and have a ton of assets out there and and, and real estate and and everything. Uh, but they build their brands in the U.S. first, mm -hmm. and their strategy is build the brand in the U.S. Understand, you know, make your mistakes there, find your learnings early on, and it and it's the U.S. scale, and then implement them, build the brand there, acquire mm -hmm. customers, spend your marketing dollars there. There's always spillover into Canada. And yeah. after about two, three, four years, all that spillover into Canada is happening. Canadians are like foaming at the mouth saying, I want this product. Yeah. Like consu yeah. Canadian consumers yeah. want what Americans have 
from a consumer point of view, right? They want, totally. you know, 10 different flavors of their favorite ice cream or energy drink or cereal yeah. or whatever it is or chocolate bar, right? I think for a while you could only get like almond Snickers in the US. You can't get them in Canada. So yeah. um, that's the idea. But build the brand in the US, dominate down there, and then bring it back to Canada when you have that spillover and you have that brand awareness. And then your marketing efforts are are way less than they what they would have been. And consumers are already convinced. They just need it merchandised properly and in their face. So uh, that you know that is something that I'm following, and I and that's what I recommend for any consumer products brand in the world it's a launch in the u.s go to your regardless of where you're based launch in the u.s and then go to those other markets later smart smart yeah it's interesting yeah, I, go ahead alex i was just gonna say that fomo is real like as a canadian but yeah go ahead no it's the same idea right so i i watch a lot of american media right like i watch a lot of basketball and a lot of football and so and listen to a lot of American podcasts and ESPN podcasts and spin chicklets and stuff. So you do, you're very aware of what's going on in the US. So if there's brands that are becoming very popular down there, it does spill over to your point. And even like things like, I love going down to Trader Joe's and going across the border and I go down to games down there. And so you see all these brands as a Canadian already. And so that, that FOMO does start to build and I can see why you would start there first. I don't know if it crosses the other way nearly as much, right? Like really popular Canadian oh, yeah. brands don't, don't get that same crossover so it does make sense to do it in that order I, I could definitely see the benefits of that totally totally and and the truth is like i know a ton of brands in canada that have spent a lot of time spinning their wheels saying and even like thinking about launching for so long in canada and setting mm -hmm. up their canadian supply chain and it's like that effort it's like the the 80 20 equation like even 80 20 of our products but 80 20 of you know 20 percent of output or input is going to result in 80 percent of your output and the launching in Canada first is the flip side to that, right? You're you're putting eighty percent of the effort in to get twenty percent back, and and that's just not where you want to be. Uh, so hundred percent, that's my recommendation to any CPG brand looking like to launch. That. Smart, and I'm, I haven't heard it before, so I've been taking some notes here. Um, there we go. <laughs> hey, curious about uh, one of the experiences you had along the way here, Dragons Den. You were on the show. Talk to us about that. What was it like? You know, how did it work? I know, I know that it ended with a deal, but I don't know how that played. I know there's always due diligence after. So, so tell us what you can and 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 your story with that. I'm curious to hear it. Totally. I think Dragon's End was one of the most important personal growth experiences I've ever had in my life. I it was really cool being able to go up there and pitch to six, you know, established entrepreneurs and people that are building great businesses and that also have, you know, much more significantly large platforms than you, right? And also be on national TV, very cool yeah. as well. Uh, but for us, yeah, you know what? I went on Dragon's Den, got a deal with Michelle. That was during COVID time. So August, 2020 is when I flew to Toronto. A lot of protocols in place, but ultimately we got to film it without masks, et cetera. Nice. Very limited in terms of the resources they could provide because they were trying to minimize contact and all that. They kept us at an extremely far distance and yeah. to change the set a little bit and, and move things around. But it was really cool. You know, I, I really prepared a lot for it. I had to dumb and, you know, this is no criticism, the host, but I had to dumb them down to yeah. just people in my mind and said, I'm having a conversation with six people about what I do every day. Yeah. And that's how I approached it. And I said, okay, well, and ultimately, you know, I'm a big basketball guy. I played basketball my whole life. And Ray Allen was one of, you know, my favorite players of all time and watched these videos. And he says, 
you know, your confidence comes from your preparation. Mm -hmm. So you prepare, you put the reps in. Well, great. I'm preparing for this every day because I have conversations about my brand and what we do every day. Yeah. But then you build your pitch and then you practice the questions that they may may throw at you. You know, I the amount of Zoom sort of pitches I did to people, to people I hadn't spoken to in years or friends of friends, people I didn't even know. Uh, and I did a lot of that, did like an exhausting amount of that. So when the time came, I was like, all right, I'm ready for this conversation. Ask me anything. I'm ready for it. Also one, and I knew they're they always have this approach where they want to get under your skin a little bit and try and yeah. rattle your cage. And my philosophy, honestly, has always just been killed with kindness. Uh, you know, you're not going to agree with everyone in, in this world. So just be extremely nice to everyone. And the truth is, if someone's being asked to you and you're nice to them, they're going to feel worse about it. It's yeah. true. So, rather than engaging in the fight that they're probably looking for, right? Yeah. Um, and then it just ends with both of you not being a, in a great spot. So yeah, yeah, uh, and I, I always said I said to say this to a sibling who's quite a bit younger than me. I, I always said to her, if someone upsets you and they're in the wrong, uh, and you lose your cool, like you're upset. Like if you can keep your cool, then you you have your cool. Like yep, your it's your peace of mind. So yeah, hundred percent. Uh, I, I totally agree. But ultimately, afterwards, you know, we I got the deal on air. I got lowballed first from Vincenzo Guzzo, and then that then Michelle stepped in and offered slightly more. <laughs> and then those were the two deals I ended up being left with. So I took the slightly higher one mm -hmm. with from Michelle. And then, uh, yeah, but we didn't, didn't really have too many conversations after the fact. It, it ultimately didn't seem like the right fit. And we didn't go through the whole depth of due diligence. Mm -hmm. There was a lot that, you know, if we were to go through it, you know, to supply every single detail that's ever existed and, and then some, but we didn't, we didn't go through with the deal. So we had a couple, mm -hmm. the valuation didn't end up making sense by the time paperwork was sent over, mm -hmm. you know, we had grown substantially. Uh, and then in terms, you know, I think sometimes with these hosts of these shows and Dragon's Den, and maybe in particular, they spread themselves a little bit too thin. And if you're, you know, working with investing in a new brand every other week kind of thing, you know, you only have so much time in, the, in a day. And sure. I just also, you know, I've taken upon myself to like do less, but do more of the things that I'm doing, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And, and spreading yourself too thin is like the ultimate uh, no-no in my world. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, for that reason as well, it just didn't seem like the right deal to make. You teed us up on, on a question we like to ask people, you know, talking about spreading yourself too thin, which is just how you organize yourself, your time, your priorities. It sounds like you're pretty intentional. In, in how you how you manage it so curious to hear your your approach yeah 100 percent. so there's a couple couple words and you call them cliches or or whatever uh, to to live by but you know for me it's like one of my most important things is to be very deliberate with action uh, ultimately we know if we we run this way we're going to go that way big science guy so you know newton's laws inertia all that has really been ingrained in my mind from a young age but you know patience patience is incredibly important patience in results and then you know having impatience in action is really important so you know if you're impatient in in action and doing things that means you're going to be constantly doing things and if you're doing them deliberately then you'll be doing them quickly but deliberately hopefully heading in the right direction and then you know good things ultimately the results you want take time so that that patience and results will will come if you're if you're implementing the others the right way. So yeah, 
do things deliberately. Don't take a long time to go test them and do them in that direction. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the fruit will bear if you stay with it and are consistent and are, are really, you know, taking the right steps. I love that. I love awesome. That. So we talked about, you know, 2022 expanding a lot in the U S retail wise, what's next? Like, what can you share as we go into 2023? Where's the focus? Of course, I'm sure some things you can't tell us, but what are some cool things that are coming down the pipe? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so some new markets and some closer to home, you know, one of the important things is being a Canadian and, uh, you know, I have a profound appreciation for our country, everything that we stand for, and I want to be able to distribute the product accessibly to Canadians. So that's a big goal for 2023. Uh, and I hope to be able to announce something soon enough about, you know, those plans and where we'll be, what we'll be doing. But also, you know, we've made a lot of inroads with the U.S. and U.S. retail. So I, I find, you know, we set a goal for November of 2023 to be in a thousand stores. Uh, that is a big goal of mine. That that number is kind of arbitrary, but it seemed like, you know, jumping from 350 to a thousand with some of the things on the horizon, you know, hopefully we can get close. Hopefully we we knock okay. it out of the park, but really running running a lean and mean ship. So I think in this day and age, like we used to live at, at a time where everyone would brag about how many employees they have. Now it's the opposite. Companies and people are saying, hey, I'm on a tight knit team. There's only five of us and we take pride in that. And we look so much bigger than we are. And that's a big thing we've always been proud of from the beginning. People are like, oh, you guys are so big. You're growing so fast. Like how many people work there? I'm like, you know, well, recently we went from 10 to seven, but like in terms of our immediate team, there's five people, right? So, you know, running a lean and mean operation, I think is really important through 2023. That will give you more flexibility, first of all, to, you know, withstand some of the turbulence that, that we'll be seeing from a macroeconomic point of view over the next six to 12 months, but also to, you know, have everyone, have everyone involved in No Days Wasted actually be doing something productive and they can take pride in it and have yeah. take ownership in it. I think the the interesting thing about, you know, working somewhere is most people want to feel fulfilled. They want to feel like they're part of, and not just mm -hmm. feel like, but they want to be part of something where they can make positive change towards, you know, yeah. towards the goals of the company. So we have an awesome team. We have a head of marketing. We have a head of content creation. We have a head of like logistics and, and community and customer success. Um, so, you know, keeping everyone accountable, doing their thing and, and growing in the U.S., and in retail, especially in the U.S., and then opening up some new markets too. Sounds like a good year. Yeah, yeah, um, it should be. I think we're in for a wild ride, right? You sure. know, one one week at a time, but staying super deliberate in that action and and not wasting too much time before making moves, right? And and staying patient for those results. I love it. And another question that we we like to ask folks that come on the show is what we call sort of our brand fan or like what's a, a brand crush that you have. So it could be something that's, you know, related to what you do or something completely different. It can be a brand that you just love what they're doing from a marketing standpoint, or maybe you just use the product every day. Like what yeah. is a brand that you really look at and go, I love it? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, I'm not the biggest consumer in the world. I've always looked at consumer products or things that you can buy from a point of view of like, oh, how much does that cost to make? Oh, uh, can I make that? What, you know, where's, where's flaws? Where can it be improved? So I've always kind of, I've never really found like, oh, there's a brand that I need to buy every day from a certain point of, from, from that point of view. But I'll, maybe I'll give you a couple. 
that really stick out to me. So Tesla is one for me that, you know, I worked for the company, I drank the Kool-Aid, I left, and then I realized, okay, I saw it from both ends as a consumer, as Mm -hmm. from the media side and from an employee's point of view. And ultimately the product is head and shoulders above any other vehicle out there. Once you drive a Tesla, you never want to go back to anything else. The unlimited torque, not paying for gas, the minimal maintenance, the no burning smells or sounds or things like that. So I, you know, I, I got lucky. I I got to buy used Tesla model S when they had their certified certified pre-owned program a a little while ago. And, you know, I I got something of good value and I still have it and I minimal operating costs, which is amazing. So it just seems like it's very efficient and it falls on the right side of the 80, 20 in my world. Uh, But for more of a consumer, like, you know, everyday kind of thing, I'm a big Nike guy. I love I love Nike shoes. I find that they're made incredibly well for running, for basketball. And so so you'll either see me in Nikes or you'll see me in Vessies. Vessies is an awesome brand, local. Yeah. I love supporting local. And, you know, they're my good friends over there. They've created an incredible product line. And they actually launched at a similar time to us. They did their crowdfunding campaign a few months before yeah. we did. And to see the massive growth and success they've had is just so inspiring. And it's something that, you know, um, the founders are, are are friends of mine and I just, I admire what they've done and who they are and their stick-to-itiveness and their hustle and their grit to do it all, but also the technology they have. And it's very hard to poke holes in that company and the product's incredible. You can step in a puddle and your feet don't go wet. So living in Vancouver exactly, or in BC yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in Ontario for, in the snow, that just means your feet stay warm and dry and hundred percent. Yeah, in for it. So you all either see me wearing like Nike running shoes or basketball shoes or Vessies. <laughs> and then maybe the third part, just to, I know it was a one part question. Maybe, all good. All good. For something that I probably like to consume is I have a bit of a sweet tooth at times. So uh, a couple of, you know, emerging brands, Sweet Nutrition, mm-hmm. Austin Caladine from, from Saskatchewan. He's got an awesome cookie brand and really just like these better for you cookies that melt in your mouth and they're incredible. So it's probably one of the best better for you products I've ever had. Uh, and shout out to Austin. You guys make great stuff at Sweet Nutrition. Uh, and then also Dream Pops, another brand that I've seen. Dave Greenfeld from SoCal, he's a buddy of mine as well. And he's done some amazing things with his brand. And I used to, funny story, like one of my best friends was his old roommate. And I used to visit them all the time in LA and I'd crash on their couch and we'd have these late night conversations about CPG and you know what we're working on. He was always a big brick and mortar guy. I was always a big D2C guy. And now I'm doing more brick and mortar. He's doing more D2C because <laughs> they self-stable products. It's really cool to see, you know, how the worlds collide and how we've all come so far, right? I think one of the things that we do or fail to do is as owner operators and brand builders or whatever you want to say is like you know, we sometimes forget about these little anecdotes and stories and experiences that we've had that are so foundational and are probably, you know, one of the best parts of what we do, right? So mm-hmm. celebrating those wins, those moments that we've had with other people or shared with other people. Uh, yeah, I got to say, but yeah, so top three, Tesla, big shoe guy. So Nike, Vessi mm-hmm. combo, and then, you know, some less sugar, sweet stuff with Dream Pops and Sweet nutrition. Yeah, Dave, Dave is coming on our, our show in a couple of weeks, actually. So, oh, awesome! I'm, so I'm glad that we let you use more than one because you got to a perfect little segue then for us. Worked yeah, out, I huh? think I just commandeered that segment. You guys, <laughs> I just good. I mean, first of all, I'm also a huge Nike fan. I think I have a new pair of Nikes on my front porch right now. 
and that just got delivered. But I was going to say where you ended as well. Those those little moments, those little wins, those those formative things is why we're doing this, this conversation mm-hmm. right now, right? Like finding that reality in the details, the minutia that, you know, people like yourself who've accomplished great things have gone through is huge for someone who to them, it's, you know, it's kind of just out there and and they just see the finished product or the result of all the blood, sweat, tears and, and late nights and, and fun times and conversations and casual, casual, you know, social encounters that, you know, led to you to, to have the network or, or whatever resources. So yeah, I, I appreciate you calling that out because that's, that's a big part of what we're trying to to make available to people with an interest in CPG. No, I love it. And and you make a really good point there. Uh, the interesting thing is that caters to our brand a lot too. No Days Wasted yeah. is about the moments, experiences. We Our tagline is maximizing life's moments. And what does that mean? Well, it means some, finding your balance, but what does that mean? It's something different to everyone. You know, it's spending time with people, experience and all that. And I just think, you know, the challenge with social media the longest time has been, you know, po- po- people post these fantasy land, this yeah. fantasy world of <laughs> perfection. And, and what we know is, well, perfection isn't real. So social yeah. media is not real. But there's been now a big shift to, you know, the beauty and the imperfection, showing the journey along the way. And the cool thing I'm seeing with a lot of brands and, you know, Midday Squares has done this a lot. Also, their products are amazing too. Jake is a buddy of mine. Leslie's a friend, Nick as well. Yeah, they crush it. Uh, you know, is, is, is telling that in between, right? What's happening in between? Because by the time you reach the result, it, not to sound morbid or anything, you're kind of gone, you're dead, right? Yeah. We're living for this in between. And we, yeah. and that's what we live every day is the, is, is that journey. So I think the fact that more brands are sharing the ups and downs rather than just posting the perfection um, gives great insight. And then also, you know, is, is a lot more deliberate with yeah what, what you know ultimately makes their process a little bit easier too as a brand amen to that and, and possibly also just more more uh more mentally healthy for people to be expressing and 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 self-identifying where they're at last question we like to ask so if you're you know you're up on a, a stage you got a, you know a, a small group of of young people maybe maybe they want to be founders they want to sell physical products and you got to give them one, maybe two pieces of advice to take with them into that journey. What are you, what are you telling that, that crew? Yeah, I think I touched on a couple of those points there, yeah. but we can look at it from, from like an action, an actual action item point of view, launch in the U S that's critical, yeah. right? Launch yeah. in the U S you know, your, all your costs are significantly lower. Your logistical costs are, it's easier to get product to then consumer. So do that. Launch in the U.S. before your home market, if your home market is outside of the States, right? And then number two is, you know, be in love with this process or the problem that you're solving rather than chasing some dollars. Because one thing we know about e-com and CPG to begin with, it's not a very high margin game. It's very difficult. It's more difficult than ever, I'd say, right now. So do not chase dollars. Really, you know, be in love with that problem that you're solving. And then that will allow you to focus on that journey and and the in-between and really, you know, experience those highs and lows without taking them too personally, right? Totally. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say, yeah, launch the States yeah. and love what you're doing <laughs> okay. and love that problem that you're solving. Love it. Yeah. I think both those are fantastic. I think that works perfectly. And to your point, you had 
great advice kind of thrown throughout the podcast. So I think there's 20 takeaways that people can take from this, which is really cool. Amazing guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the time. This was a, this was not a day wasted. This was a day well spent. Uh, appreciate you joining <laughs> and, and sharing all this advice and just spending the time with us. Yeah, 100%. I appreciate the time, guys. I'm glad we made this happen. And yeah, no days wasted. We'll have to get you guys some product, keep you stocked up and feeling good. Thanks, Thanks so much. And enjoy the time down in uh, Palm Springs. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Take care. Take care. Appreciate it. Well, that was great. Uh, Nichelle had a lot of awesome insight really thought he had a cool energy and and just a general uh, thoughtful approach to a lot of what he's doing and done and, and just a, a cool guy. Justin, what, what were some of your key takeaways from that conversation? He had a lot of, of great pieces of advice, you know, throughout he was giving little tidbits here and there and a lot that I hadn't heard before. And he had a lot of cool different slogans and expressions, the kill with kindness things. I, I had to laugh because that's something my mom used to say my whole life growing up. So he had that quote, but then right next to that quote, he had confidence comes from your preparation, which is Ray Allen. So it's like completely different perspectives, the way I look at those two quotes. So he had a, a lot of cool stuff throughout. But to me, it was probably in the first 10 minutes of the conversation where he was talking about titles don't matter. Look for something, look for a problem to solve and build your community. And that's how he looked at starting this company. And I thought that that was just such a simplified version of, of how to start a business. Uh, what about you, Alex? I mean, I, I, I did like his one maxim about being impatient with action, but mm-hmm. patient with results. I thought I thought that's a great insight and, and just a, a maxim that that's easy to retain and important for anyone trying to build anything. Though one I hadn't heard, and I think I said it in there and he, he brought it back at the end as well, but was just this, you know, for our Canadian founders and, and entrepreneurs, the idea of going to market first south of the border for a mix of the advantages and benefits of doing that. I admittedly, I'll be honest here, did not realize White Claw was a Canadian brand and I'm pretty confident it's absolutely massive across the US. So, you know, if they're doing it, it's obviously working. And, and you know, some of the points you made were just ones I hadn't ever heard or thought of and definitely one I'm digesting and, and taking away with me. Yeah, it's such an interesting one because even as we were talking about it with him, it it makes sense, right? It's 10 times the size. It's more dense. Logistically, Canada is so spread out. So all these things that you and I know, but we didn't piece together what that means you should do. And he did it so simply. And I, I agree. I haven't heard anyone say that. Very, very interesting. Yeah, agreed. Well, guys, if you've made it this far in the podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. A massive thank you to Nishal for taking the time to come share his journey and his experiences with us and with you. If you have not already, please give us a a like on uh, social media, follow us on our various pages on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Ratings go a very long way for us. So any ratings, much, much appreciated. And with all that said, tune in next time for another great interview with another great guest. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.